What's up, guys? It's time to go Behind the Bum. What's up, guys? I hope you had a great weekend. Today, I was just like scrolling through TikTok. And you know when you just end up in a K-hole on TikTok? And I'm like, why does this man keep popping up for me? Like, what is the universe trying to tell me that I need to hear something? And so I just DM'd this beautiful, he refers to himself as an older gay. So I don't know how old he is. But please welcome Josh Vincent. Hello, Jeffy. Do you mind if I call you Jeffy? I feel I feel like you're a Jeffy. You can call me whatever you want to call me, you know? <laughs> it's very close to Jeffrey, but Jeffy sounds more cute. I'm like all about the uh the, the cute names. People call me Joshy, and I think it's quite endearing. Joshy. Okay, so this episode is with Joshy and Jeffy <laughs> talking about cute. the perspective of older gays and younger gays. So which one am I again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm the other guy. Okay, got it. Let me say, you gave yourself this title. You. True. So, um, okay, so let me just explain to everybody who does not know you. Basically, this man who is in front of my face right now, Josh, Joshy, his content is all like so lighthearted, it's welcoming. You just come off with like, I feel like the lighting is always very good for you. And you just want to give genuine advice. And I always feel obligated to listen to your advice because I'm like, it makes me think differently than I currently think. Is that a me problem? Maybe. Um, <laughs> so your terminology is always advice you would give a younger gay from the perspective of an older gay. So I feel like a great place to start is why do you consider yourself an older gay? Oh my goodness. I mean, th this self-given title has gone beyond what I hoped it would go beyond. And now everyone's like, how old are you? And I've asked people on TikTok, you know, how old do you think I am? And the responses I get are terrifying. So I've <laughs> narrowed myself into this like box of being an older gay. But ultimately the reason I did it was I downloaded TikTok, I think it was in about 2019, because I just heard rumblings about this app. I went on there and I posted something, you know, and keep in mind, I'm coming from like Instagram territory where it's like shirtless pics and, you know, just posing and whatnot. So I post this TikTok, it's me just laying in bed, experimenting, and I get this comment immediately saying, put your shirt back on. And I'm like, oh God, this is, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, what am I doing here? There's some 14, 15 year olds commenting on my thing. This is not for me. And yeah. it terrified me. So I, I removed TikTok from my, uh, from my phone. And only a few months later, did we go into, you know, lockdown and whatnot. Everyone started downloading TikTok. And I'm like, I'm going to give this another go. And I decided I'm going to approach this as the older gay, you know, like own the fact that I'm probably one of the older people on this app. And uh, that's how it came about, just this perspective of, I know I'm older than you all, but I'm here and I've got something to say. Which I, I love and I kind of get because I am turning 30 this year. Um, so that's like a big, you know, jump, 20s to 30s. A big moment. Yeah, so we're just gonna swallow that, take it in for a moment. Um, 
but yeah, so I do feel like when I'm on the like for you page and I'm scrolling through, I am on the, let's say older end of the spectrum with what I'm getting fed. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm staring at 20 year olds, like in gray sweatpants, but that's what pops up for me. The algorithm knows you. It knows you too well. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, you got in there too. It's true. It's it's true. And at first I felt like I had crushed some party that I was not invited to. And I, like I said, did not know what I was doing on there. But I think with the uptake of TikTok globally and like all these people joining the platform, there's definitely been a shift in the kind of demographic. And so now I don't feel like I'm one of the older people. I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle, which is great. Uh, but when I, when I jumped on there in the in the 2019s, which feels like a lifetime ago, I was definitely one of the older people and it, it did feel wrong, I have to say. <laughs> no, I get it. I mean, I've always been, I mean, I've been doing social media since like 2017 and I've been very much so like, listen, like a like's a like, a comment's a comment. Like I'm not sliding into like the 16 year old's DMs, but if you want to be engaged and you like the content, enjoy it. Like I'm not here to tell mm-hmm. you what you can and can't do. But mm-hmm. TikTok definitely threw me for a curveball because it's so hard to fucking learn still to this day sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's not very intuitive uh, when you first get on there. But what I do love about it is the fact that it's raw, it's unfiltered. You do connect with the community. It, it is clever in that it does connect you with people who share similar interests. And whether that's gray sweatpants or whether that's, cooking or whether that's inspirational gay content, you can find a community on there. And that's what I loved about it. And I I started blogging uh, in, I don't know when it was, 2011. And I started a blog called The Modern Gay Guide to Life, which had some success and got a huge following. It was exploring my my life as a horny, sad, 20-something-year-old, confused gay boy in the big city. Yeah. Um, but at that point in time, you know, things were a lot more difficult to get out there. But with something like TikTok, like you go on, you post something, if it's interesting to people, the algorithm will send it out and you will instantly create a community. And it could happen overnight, which is quite remarkable. If it sticks, it sticks. Mm-hmm. I will say the interesting thing about TikTok is that it kind of, no matter who you are, no matter where you live, like you don't even need to fucking hashtag anything. Like if they think it's a great video, it's gonna do its thing. And I think Instagram people put on such a show where TikTok is so authentic, which like I've been enjoying it more. Quick sidebar. I feel like I just have to explain this to people. The traveling bum did get deleted yesterday once again per usual i'm over it i hate everyone that works there i'm not gonna dive in and ruin this podcast and talk shit about them right now but i will try to get it back so everybody i see your dms calm down so back to tiktok i'm sorry to hear that my goodness (laughs) let's leave it at that i think we could devote a whole podcast to just discussing censoring of queer content and the whole Instagram scenario when it comes to to content like yours. But like you said, maybe we should just leave it at that. (laughs) For a different day. Um, Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so I want to ask you a couple things because obviously I've seen many of your videos. So I kind of want to break down a little bit of some of the stuff you were like talking about and why you felt you, like what have you gone through that you're giving this advice, let's say, you know what I mean? So I feel like a fun place to start is one of the things you said was gay people can be very critical of other gay people. Many of us lack empathy for one another. So I totally agree with you. And I guess, like, why do you think most gay people act like that? They just kind of are in their own worlds, in their own headspace. Like, how do you fix a mindset that's kind of like we all built ourselves? Mm. Yeah. So I think inherently we're all good people. And no one sets out to be mean and no one sets out to exclude others. Uh, But there is this interesting thing that happens when gay men especially, are put together in a room, whether it's like a club, a bar, a space or whatnot, where we have this ah, tendency to, I guess, sometimes be bitchy, sometimes be exclusive. And I think it comes down to an inherent fear. And that fear, I guess, is based on the fact that for so long we had to pretend to be someone we're not, We never really learned how to socialize as our authentic selves. And then suddenly we come out of the closet and we're put in this environment where we're we're around other gay people. And it's triggering to some degree. It's triggering and it makes us respond in a way that might not necessarily be nice because we're trying to protect ourselves. Yeah, it's like Um, it comes from like a very, I feel like guarded place. I also will just like throw it out there. I feel like social media, especially like, our age bracket you know what I mean like 25 plus I feel like coming up and coming out in like an Instagram age it makes you feel like you have to present yourself a very specific way and I feel like people try super hard to be one thing as opposed to who they are because they're trying to like fit this mold like I hate circuit music when I moved to New York I felt that's what I needed to go do because that was gay culture in New York. That's how you make friends. Oh, this is what gay people do. But when you Mm. take that back and you're like, who am I? What do I like to do? I fucking hate circuit parties. Like, I don't like when I'm talking to people and everyone's on fucking G and like, no one's home. Like, that's Mm. not for me. You want to go have a margarita and like talk shit all day. I'm your guy. So I feel like it's just learning who you are and sticking to it and kind of just like, your circle of people will come based on what you choose to do, but you're doing yourself a disservice if you're trying to like fit in with people because you think that's what cool is. Totally. And it's trial and error, isn't it? I I think that that's something to note. Like when you come out or you move to a new city and you're trying to navigate your space within the gay world, it is sometimes trial and error. And some people might go to a circuit party, fall in love with the environment, and that's, that's their scene. Other people might be absolutely uncomfortable in that and prefer something more quiet, uh, more intimate. The unfortunate thing, to your point, with social media, it's like the loudest people, the loudest events get the most attention, the most colorful, you know, best looking people, the best groups, the most exaggerated moments in gay culture get the most attention. No one's Instagramming, sitting around you know, with their friends playing board games on a Saturday night because it's not perceived to be cool. So you don't see that on social media. So you don't necessarily know that that's an alternative and that there are people doing that. So you do first have to enter a lot of the time through that like typical gay scene 
realize it's not for you and then start to be curious to see what else is out there in order to find it. No, it's definitely funny. And I also think that like when you go out, there's levels of like what people get to. So when you first go out, it's very like clicky within your own groups because people aren't that drunk yet. And then as the night goes on, people get like a little more like free flowing. And it's like, oh my God, like, you know, this person. And then you start talking to somebody new, but it's crazy that I feel like gay people, especially hinder towards like drugs and alcohol, because that makes them feel like they're opening up more than you can't just be sober and like have a conversation with someone you don't know, because that's weird. I hear you. I hear you. And I'm actually now going through a period of not drinking and still trying to socialize. It's been, it's been almost three months now, absolutely sober. And I've wanted to experiment with going out and trying to be the same character that I am after a few drinks, but absolutely sober. And it is, it's scary and it's triggering and it's made me realize a lot of things about myself that I thought I had overcome. Um, but we do use alcohol and drugs um, to cover up our insecurities. And I think a lot of people are insecure when they're in those situations where they're surrounded by a lot of other gay people because of all those things we spoke about, like social media and expectations and wanting to fit in and not knowing how to socialize with other gay people because you've not had that conditioning of socializing that your straight friends have had in their high school years. So it's almost like you're learning again how to be around people that you might be attracted to and might want to be friends with. It's, yeah, it's it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting thing when you, when you look at it through sober eyes as well. Yeah, let me tell you, I recently had sober sex, and I know that sounds super weird to say, but oftentimes, like, it's a Tuesday, I'm not just inviting somebody over to, like, hook up, but, like, on a Friday, if I'm wasted in the club and I see someone's hot, like, we'll go home, I'm drunk, whatever. I can't tell you the last time I've just been, like, straight sober and had sex with someone, and it was a very interesting experience. I don't know why I felt so weird about it, but I was like, this... I had, I just, I was, I was so in my head. It was so weird. It's different, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm exactly the same. I think 90% of the sex that I've had in the past, at least out of relationships, has been drunk. And if not drunk, then hung over the next day with someone that I picked up randomly at a, at a club. And, you know, currently, as I said, I'm not drinking. So the sex that I am having is sober and it's, it's confronting to be vulnerable, isn't it? And not have that lubrication, that alcohol, I mean, you definitely need lubrication, but like alcoholic yeah. lubrication to make you feel more comfortable. And you have to be completely in your moment and, and feel everything you feel because there's no distraction from it. So piggybacking off of this and relationships and things, one of the other things you brought up is do you really like them or are you just afraid to be alone? Which I mm-hmm. loved this one because I just feel like I see so many friends who play the keep up game. And it's since their best friend got engaged, they feel obligated to get engaged or have a boyfriend or whatever their situation is at the time. So like, I loved what you said, but like, were you ever in a relationship with someone because you were lonely or like, where does that piece of advice come from for you? 
Yeah, I, I'm similar to you. I've seen people that are close to that have chased relationships and when they're not in a relationship, they're despondent, they don't know who they are. And you get the sense that they need someone in their life because they can't be by themselves. I think the important part of any relationship is being comfortable alone in the first instance. That's what makes a good relationship because then you're not dependent on this person. It doesn't put so much pressure on a relationship to last, to be, for this person to be your savior, right? If you're comfortable being alone, single, then that's the greatest part of the greatest starting point for a, for a relationship. But no one wants a clingy to... bitch. No, exactly. I mean, and you can, you can tell when there's that power imbalance, when the, you can just notice when someone's in a relationship and they're just desperate to hold on to that relationship. You can, it's palpable, isn't it? And you can sense that clinginess that, that, that one of those people in that relationship has. Um, like no, you should cute, want, like you should want to want to see someone. Like not be like, oh my God, they're fucking coming over again today. Like that's not a healthy way to start things. So like separation is great being independent like we have to get it together people i will say people i think are very much so single maybe i'm coming from a new york perspective i know you live in london so it's a very similar situation of like the big city vibes but i would say very few of my friends are like in like stable committed relationships Hmm. could be you know approaching 30 everyone's just making the most of their 20s just out there having fun as well I think there definitely is a shift that I've noticed since I've been in my 30s where that young carefree attitude changes as people realize the passing of time right like people then start to get a bit more desperate to get into relationships because they're conscious that they're not young and the hottest thing on on the street anymore. Um, I, I'm I'm fortunate in a way that I enjoy my own company and I call myself a social loner. Like I love being social. I love hanging out with my friends, but at the same time, I love my own company and being by myself. So I've never been desperate to be in a relationship because I'm afraid of being alone. What I would say though is I have hooked up with people because I felt lonely right and like sought validation through sex by going out and trying to find someone to be with in that moment to satisfy a feeling of loneliness but it hasn't extended to the need to be in a relationship yeah it was just more like a quick pick me up like you were lonely for the night netflix wasn't doing it for you and you needed a little something more Totally, which isn't healthy either, may I say. I, I think that that like need for validation through sex is not a place we should be venturing into uh, because the flip side of that is I've also like gone out to try meet someone and, you know, scratch that itch and it's not happened and I felt even worse about myself because I haven't been validated and that just is a, that is when you spiral. What, what's the term, like, the come down, like, after you come, you're just kind of like, that was fucking pointless, and you feel like shit oh after. 
Totally, especially if you've picked up someone that you know you're not attracted to and you've just done it out of desperation. Yeah, the moment that you've come, you're done. You're like, oh God, what, yeah. you know, you feel actually worse about yourself than you did before you hooked up with them. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely wild. Um, okay, this is probably one of my favorite things because it made me have to think for my own self and I felt a little fucked up after I thought of it. But one of the things you said was, think of the top three, top three things you're looking for in a partner. If any of those three things are a physical attribute, you're going to struggle to find a partner. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to throw this on you first, but um, <laughs> what would you say the three things you're looking for in a partner are? Again, this is something that changes as you age, because I don't want to be some hero and be like, I never would have listed physical attributes, because I think, ask me the same question 10 years ago, I would have been like, oh, you know, I want someone like, that looks like this, and you know, this is their hair color, and I'd be very specific, and then maybe further down the list, I'd be like, oh, and they should be funny. Um, but the more people you date, and the older you get, you realize looks fade, anything could happen to someone's outer appearance. You know, God forbid they could be in an accident and change their appearance. And if you're only attracted to them because of that, what is the basis of the relationship then if they don't look like who they were when you, you know, fell in love with them in inverted commas? So now I'm, I'm much more attracted to people that are, one, confident in who they are, Right. So someone like that for me is so sexy. If you know who you are, you're comfortable in who you are and you don't give a fuck about what anyone else thinks. Hot. That was one of mine as well. That I mean, isn't that sexy? Like when you, you can just feel that they've got a different energy to someone who might be self-conscious or putting on a show or pretending to be someone they're not. Don't you? Well, don't you I came that? from a place, I came from a place that the only I'll call it situationship I ever found myself in. He did not know who he was. And like, I was wasting so much of like my time and energy. It's like, if you don't know who you are, I can't help you figure that out. Like you have to go mm. on your own journey and do that and figure it out because like, I'm not going to do it for you. So for me, mm -hmm. to meet someone who's confident, they have a uh, goals, they know what they want to do with their life. Not to say you have to fucking know everything you want to do with your life, but just a little direction's fun, you know, like just own your shit and be who you are and so I said confidence was my one as well oh there we go we're one for one at the moment let's see yeah. let's see how these line up the second thing uh is an evolution of that but this is specific to me but someone with light energy and I, I say light energy because I'm quite a thinker I'm quite uh analyzer you know typical Scorpio looks calm on the surface but there is a lot of shit going on behind the eyes uh, and so I need someone who can counteract that deep thinking with just a light energy someone who is easy to be around goes with the flow and, and brings a sense of stability to the mood and, and the space that they're in so that was my second one okay my second one and we're not gonna throw shade right now because you're gonna let me finish speaking before I get done. So I said mine was someone fit and in shape. And before everyone comes for me, 
I personally like to live an active lifestyle. So when I'm saying in shape, I'm saying it from an aspect of like, I want someone to be able to like keep up with me and do random things. So like, I'm not the person who, I mean, of course, like, yes, I love to just like chill and watch Netflix, whatever. But also I want somebody who can like, if I want to go on a hike, we can go on a hike. If I want to swim in the ocean for three hours and jump in waves or go surfing, like I like to do a lot of physical activity type things that I want someone to also have like an interest in those type of things. And I want someone to push me out of my comfort zone to do those type of things if I've never done it before. So it's not so much of if you don't have a six pack, I'm not going to talk to you because I don't have a six pack. It's more just like, I want you to live an active lifestyle. Mm -hmm. See, what I hear you say, not that I'm a psychologist, but I hear you saying someone who has like shared values and shared interests. And I think that that feels like a, a stronger space to then seek out someone than saying fit and active and I, I you know I, I appreciate that you we do have a, this physical attraction towards people that might look a certain way and we can't deny that and we can also discuss whether that's conditioning or whether that is an inherent feeling can't deny that but shared values and shared interests there's there's potential there for a lot more in my mind than perhaps saying someone who's like fit and in shape because what I feel is difficult about that as well is what happens if something happened to them, right? Like not to use an extreme example, they lost their legs and they couldn't go hiking with you. Now, would that mean that you don't want to be with them anymore? Right. And if because of that, they couldn't go to gym and they couldn't work out. Would that then mean the relationship doesn't have a future? I'm just curious. Like where, where well, it's where crazy. That? That it's, it's obviously tough to say, right? Because there's, levels of relationships and I have a straight okay so I have a girlfriend who recently went through a crazy situation in her life that she had to like live in a hospital for six months she was dating a football player he ended up breaking up with her because it was too much for him to deal with mm -hmm. so I think pending the situation if you're not already in love with the person it's tough to feel like you're giving up certain aspects of your life for someone that you are not fully invested in yet. I think if you were married and you do love this person, yes, you would be by their side. But I think it depends what level into the relationship you're in that you're like, this is what I'm going to commit to no matter what. Mm, true. So I've, I've been looking at this question from the perspective of like a potential partner, right? To so someone I want to be with forever. And that might then change depending those values or those things I look for might change depending on the to your point the depth of the, the relationship like if I'm away for a weekend and I'm just looking for something fun I might just want to go after someone that I'm sexually attracted to because I know that it's just going to be a weekend it's just going to be fun I'm not going to be asking them necessarily their deepest darkest secrets and wishes for the future um, but if I'm dating someone and I'm starting a relationship these are the things that I'm looking for um so yeah i i, I can I, I can definitely see your point that it could depend on what it is you're looking for at, and at what point you're looking for those things yeah um, um and the, three <laughs> well the first thing i said was humor 
Okay. Uh, I, I, I just, my panties drop for funny guys. Like, I can't tell you, if you can make me laugh, I, I'm yours. I, I, I can think of two or three moments in my past where I've been on dates with guys. They've walked in and I thought, okay, this isn't gonna go anywhere. I've been very quick to judge their appearance and made a snap decision that they're not my type. And after 10 minutes of sitting with them, I've come around full circle because they have just like hit the ground running, had me in stitches. Yeah. So witty. And I'm like, I'm yours. And I think that for me is definitely one of the, um, the key things. And it also is important because it doesn't fade necessarily right like as you age it's not like a physical attribute it's something that they hold on that they can hold on to and I love the idea of just sitting with a partner 85 years old looking like just puddles of old people and just laughing and I mean yeah that's ultimately how everybody ends up you know what I mean like you could try as hard as you want but the inevitable is the inevitable right I mean yeah we're all gonna get old we're all going to hopefully we'll all get old and our looks will like fade. your balls are gonna touch your knee is that's it you're gonna be tucking them around and strapping them yes. back and it's not gonna be very sexy but if you can laugh about it with your partner then how great will life be <laughs> um okay What's so your third my, one? my third one is so I will say like, obviously the personality thing that you were just talking about humor is huge. But my third thing is I want like a dreamer. Mm. Like I don't want somebody who thinks very like inside the box. You know what I mean? Like I kind of want somebody who has like wild aspirations. I'm going to sit there and be like, how the fuck do you think we're going to do that? But let's see how it goes. You know what I mean? Like don't, view life is so like oh like I can't afford this or oh like I don't want to do this because it's going to make this person mad like just think and be like let's just do this because this is what we want to do and I feel like that's kind of very much so how I've lived my life and gotten to wherever it is that I am currently that like some things don't make sense on paper and you just throw yourselves to it and it works some people get nervous to do that so I feel like I need someone who could just like take a risk here or there and it can't be calculated decisions and just kind of roll with it. I love that. That sounds exciting. That type of person sounds really exciting as well, don't they? That they could take you on an adventure that you never saw coming and make life really exciting. I think a, a dreamer, that's a really lovely, lovely way to put it. I mean, some I'm people adding that to my list. Can I borrow that one? But I call it, yeah. So to go back to um, this, mm-hmm. obviously everything you've been saying is great. I feel like I could talk to you for hours, but like no man, I don't care how old you are, has all the answers, right? So right. like we're all works in progresses. Like I personally, just my corny ass, I feel like the minute you figure out life or who you are, you die. Like then your time on earth is over. So like if you're 50 and you feel like you know everything you figured out, you're probably going to die in a couple of years. So we're all works in progresses. So like, what's one thing that you feel like 
gay culture or just your interpersonal self? Like, what's one thing you feel like you still need to work on with yourself? Gosh, so much, so much. To your point, if we stop learning, we basically die. And I think that there's still so much I'd like to work on. And a lot of these lessons, by the way, these short snappy lessons that I put out on TikTok are for me just as much as they are for younger gays they're a reminder because we have these experiences we learn from them but over time we sometimes forget as well and we can fall back into bad habits and we need to then reflect and stop and look back on what we've learned right like take a a moment to sense check where we're at so I often find myself in this like rhythm of like feeling good feeling positive being Uh, comfortable in who I am and then starting to slip into negative ways of thinking again or being triggered by gorgeous shirtless men at a club and then slipping into this feeling of not being good enough and wanting to work on my body Um, but I can look back at what I've learned through having gone through that already and pull myself back out so I'm definitely not a um, completed piece of work and there's definitely a, a lot to work on. I think one of the things that still triggers me, which I just mentioned, is my body and my association with my body and how I can tie my happiness to the way I look, which is something I really want to overcome because I know that looks fade. I know that my body will change. I know that I look very different to how I looked when I was 21. And I want to work on that so that I'm future-proofing my self-esteem and I'm not easily, as easily triggered by a picture or an encounter with someone better looking or with a better body than me. Uh, so that, that is what I'm working on at the moment. Uh, I think that's so, yeah. a good call. Yeah. I'm, Do you, I, what's that? I was like, I don't know if I want to go. Um, I would say mine is, I feel like I give myself a lot of expectations and things that I want to do and accomplish. And I think this is part of like, this is the flaw aspect of my dreamer abilities, because I think let's just say new year's comes and it's like, okay, by this year, I want to have like this much saved. I want to go to three countries. I want to do this, this, and that. Christmas of that year comes around and you're like, fuck, I didn't hit this goal. I didn't hit this goal. I didn't hit this goal where I feel like I need to work on. There's a difference between pushing yourself so hard. That's an unachievable goal. And then there's also like, when you don't achieve it, you like beat yourself up over for it. So like, I'm fine with like thinking all the crazy thoughts I'm over here being like, I shouldn't beat myself up over not hitting those goals. Mm -hmm. that's what I think I need to work on is just not hitting goals sometimes and that's fine because like it's crazy to think that I would be able to sometimes yeah and having that self-awareness is amazing though isn't it I think like that's the the incredible starting off point that can help us change in drastic ways it's just being aware like you said of the things that disappoint you or upset you or the things that you know you need to change about yourself and then working on them. I mean, that, that is the only place we can start from. Um, so that in itself is, is positive. 
Yes, we're growing. Yay. <laughs> we're growing. Gosh, it reminds me of that quote from uh, Bridesmaids. You know, like if you're changing, you're growing. But if, anyway, I'm, I won't try to do an American accent, nor will I try quote. I mean, listen, I don't even know what your accent is. You know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> what is it? Born in South Africa, raised in Sydney, lives in London. Like, who even are you at this point? You know what I mean? I don't know. As soon as I find out, I'll, I'll put it on TikTok. Five sure. things I know about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, actually, one of the things I want to ask you is, like, I guess, like, what kind of influenced you to feel like you want to I don't want to say grow up in a way but like why all of a sudden is it kind of like you want to start giving this advice or you're looking at younger people differently like what kind of like experience did you have that kind of makes you feel like it could just be like looking at the gay scene in general like do you just feel like displaced now that you're kind of like past it that now when you look at it you're like I wish people would think differently yeah I think I mean, it all started with me analyzing my own experiences in my 20s. And at the time I was, like I said, a horny, lonely, trying to fit in, a body obsessed, partying 20 something year old. And I just felt a little bit lost in, in the scene and in who I was. And so I started to write about it and ask questions and uh, that formed my blog. Uh, and I kind of put that away as I grew up and took my experiences and, you know, moved on. But now I'm at that moment where I'm starting to feel older, slightly more experienced and in a position to perhaps help people who are going through what I went through in my 20s and trying to help them avoid some of the mistakes I made in that loneliness I felt uh, by sharing, by sharing with them and just having a dialogue. You know, th these are things I don't think we talk about. We don't really talk about it that much with our friends. There's no resource when you're growing up uh, to turn to, to talk about like, oh, I feel pressured to do drugs at a gay party, but I don't really feel like I fit in or should I be having more sex because all my friends are having more sex? Like when, when do we talk about that and where do we turn to? We don't. So I'm hoping that, you know, content like yours and content like mine sparks conversation and makes people feel a little bit less lonely and like they're the only one going through it. Yeah, I definitely. So like one of the things I do, if you will, is like I'll like be like a club promoter you know what I mean like I host drag brunches nights out at a club and things like that and so when I go out or whatever you obviously see the clicks and I have to be like one of the first people there so I see people coming in and things like that and I always find it so interesting because I feel like my brain I'm still 21 but then when I look out and I see a 21 year old I'm like oh you are 21 like I am 30 like you can visually see the difference in front of your face. And part of you is like, wow, like you're so envious because you know, they have so much. I'm saying this, like I'm fucking 57, but I'm like, <laughs> you look at a 21 year old, you like you have so much to like go through and learn and do. And I'm like, you're new to New York. You're probably like making $35,000, but you don't care. And you just like, are so happy to be here and you like, love it. And I love watching their love for it. But then on the other side, you could see their like insecurities that they feel like 
if they don't go home with somebody that night that they like failed like their goal mm-hmm. is to fuck someone and they need to hook up with someone because that is their goal of going out so it's interesting to interact and watch people in those settings and so like you said like when you look around and you're like you feel older it's like in those situations i'm starting to feel older because i'm like i am almost too old for this shit (laughs) you're at the cold face of it you're you're up there face to face with those 21 year olds my goodness to be 21 um i I look i i i'm so much more happier in my 30s than i was in my 20s i can tell you that much and the other thing i just wanted to say was that everyone's allowed to take advice as and when and how they wish so if you want it take it if you don't want it don't take it and experience things for yourself i would never want to undo any of the mistakes that i've made because they made me who i am today uh so you know all those great things that those 21 year olds are doing uh they've got to look forward to and they've also got to look forward to the the mistakes that they're going to make because it will turn them into who they'll be in the future. Um, And I want to even say like, you could be 21, you could be 41. If your mindset is still that, it's like growth. You know what I mean? Like I have friends who come out at 28 and I'm like, you have so much to learn, go party, go do your thing, but we're not in the same place. You know what I mean? Like there's no set. It's just, I'm not even going to call it maturity because it's, not a maturity thing necessarily but it's more just like everybody needs to get this out of their system some start young some start later and you just have to do it and like 100 a good person while you're doing it 100 percent. we're all on our own journey our own timelines yeah go with it don't compare yourself to others you know just embrace your own personal personal journey I think you summed it up really lovely. <laughs> you know, a lot of people make fun of me because I have, I think the worst thing I have is English skills. I'm not good with grammar. I can't spell shit. I spelled suburbs the other day, like S-U-B-H-E-R-B. Like that's not. It's a hard word. It's, it's a know? hard word. I'll give you that. It's a hard word. Suburbs. Like it's... is there a W in there somewhere? That, like. <laughs> I don't know, a silent T. I'm just not good with grammar, you know? Like, that was not my specialty. And somebody literally messaged me, like, Jeff, like, you need a job. Like, you're losing so many skills because you do (laughs) And I was crying laughing. I was like, that was the biggest read I ever heard in my life. It was so funny. But, yeah, so, I mean, I guess this is how we're ending it. Is this the end or is this just the beginning, right? (laughs) That is the question. I mean, I will see you at World Pride in Australia. I mean, that is, you know, maybe like nine months away still. But when I see you, we will have a big hug, die laughing. I would say take a shot of tequila, but I know you're on a sober journey right now. And it's going to be so much fun. I, I look forward to it. That is going to be a really wild, fun party. And I am excited that it's in my hometown of Sydney, Australia, because we know how to turn it on down under. Mm. (laughs) I have experienced it and I can (laughs) say it is true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Josh, if they want to follow you, where can they find you? I know you have TikTok, Instagram. Yeah, both my TikTok and Instagram are at Josh Van Sant. 
Uh, I have a blog called themoderngay.com, uh, which has a lot of content from my 20s still up there. So if you want to get a, a sense of what I was like, <laughs> read back. I should probably actually read those, those earlier posts before I start promoting it again. But yeah, themoderngay.com, check it out. <laughs> I was like, maybe go through and like edit some of them. But it's growth. It's a journey. We love it. Mm-hmm. We're here for it. Well, Josh, I appreciate you taking the time this Monday morning to speak with me. Um, until the next time, my friend. Brilliant. Thank you for having me. It was a it, lot of fun. It's been a pleasure. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. And guys, you can tune in next week for another episode of Behind the Bum.